Photo Shelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Alan Murabayashi. And I'm Sarah Jacobs. You know, Sarah, before we record, we have a little ritual, which is uh, we got to floss. Because some people might not know, <laughs> some of our podcast listeners might not know that we actually have a Instagram TV, IGTV uh, version of this podcast. We do. So, so it requires us to do a little flossing. Yep. Um, like, I have, like actual teeth flossing, literally, guys. Yeah, not like the dance move. Not the dance And then uh, a little bit of uh, uh, lip balm, because I, I sometimes have dry lips, but not too much. No, not too much. And uh, sometimes I'm like, yeah, maybe I should shave today. But today I was like, you know what? I'm not shaving. <laughs> you know, if you're watching us on IGTV, you're watching on the phone. It's like this big. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good fine. enough. It's good enough. <laughs> but today we're talking about Earth Day. Mother Nature. It is April 22nd, after all. So, Earth Day. And the thing that I wanted to talk about was actually how a lot of photographers in probably like the past decade have moved away from just taking pictures to more advocacy-based photography. And one of the people that first comes to mind who's huge on Instagram is a former biologist named Paul Nicklin. Paul Nicklin. Big deal. National Geographic photographer. Okay got a whole boat that he roams around the world with (laughs) that's cool um and he's just doing fantastic work that really focuses on conservation um he's done a lot of work with like polar bears done a lot of work with seals he is a big like scuba diver like dry suit scuba diving and some people have criticized him because he's also been in things like a american express commercial okay um and saying uh this guy's overexposed he's selling out but I feel like part of the the goal of advocacy in the 21st century in terms of social media is you have to try to amass as big a following as possible. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully some when you're when you're putting these uh conservation messages out there hopefully some part of your audience will latch onto that and help you amplify that message or donate money or don't donate their time. But it's just been really interesting to see kind of the evolution of we're just out there to document what's happening into now we're actually trying to make a difference. We have a point of view uh, on this stuff. Yeah, totally. Like, do just straight landscape photographers even exist anymore? Like, are you a landscape photographer without having kind of a message behind it? You know? uh, There are, but... Like, are they good, though? (laughs) I think people are sort of tiring of this, like, idyllic Uh scene. Yeah. They tend to be sort of like boring photos or they're or they're like just very traditional travel photos Mm -hmm. and and i would say Mm -hmm. you know if you're a really good travel photographer for example there's an opportunity to say that this landscape is about this place and here are the challenges environmentally or here are pressures with development or you know water usage yes yes like i think that's an interesting way to sort of spin the message totally you just mentioned water and uh, a guy on my list for this earth day episode is mustafa abdul aziz um, and he's been photographing water and how humans interact with water since 2011 and he actually wanted to make his project be 15 years so he's going to be working on it till 2026 wow yeah and speaking of having these sort of like big sponsors um, i believe he's gotten google signed on um, to help sponsor the project and other major brands he's shooting medium format only the shots are inc- yeah 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 the shots are incredible um and he's done interviews you know about the project and really one quote that really kind of encapsulates everything that he's um 
working towards is he said, I can say that water is inseparable from our existence, that if we were to truly have a mirror with which to hold our up to ourselves, we would see that our relationship with the planet has put our resources in jeopardy and that we must focus on our responsibility to safely shepherd this planet. And yeah, I'm going to give you a little trivia since you brought up water. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm from Hawaii mm-hmm. and there's a indigenous Hawaiian language that's based from Polynesian languages. And the word for water is vi, W-A-I. W-A-I, okay. And the word for rich or wealthy is vi-vi. Oh, because the wow. ancient Hawaiians knew, like, if you had the water, you yeah. were the rich person. Wow. That's awesome. But yeah, tons of interesting water stories. Obviously, like, Flint is a huge, like, yeah. water story. But then even, like, farmers talking about water rights, Colorado, you see all of this stuff going on. Super interesting stuff. Um a good friend of ours, uh, I, I've known her for many years. Actually, I, I, I started looking at her stuff kind of around the turn of the millennium, around 2000, when photo galleries on MSNBC were, were still kind of a every Friday, like, oh, here, here's what we're <laughs> going to look at. And there was a... Oh, internet in the old days. Yeah, I know. There was a photographer at the time named Amy Vitali, mm-hmm. who uh, was living in Kashmir, the disputed region between India and Pakistan at the time. And just taking these mind-blowing photos. And then she also became very well-known in the early aughts because she had what I believe was one of the first Flash-based websites that photographers had. So when Flash was still a thing and not the security threat that it is now, she came out with this uh, Flash-based website and everyone was like, oh my God, the interactivity. Um, She has shifted in, in... recent years to taking on a bunch of conservation-based projects, including one uh, she did in China with pandas. Mm -hmm. She's doing one now about conservation with, uh, with rhinos um, and elephants and other things in Africa. Um, And again, I think it's, it's a shift from being like a really thoughtful award-winning photojournalist who was trying to be fairly neutral on, on these disputed territories. Um, and now shifting to say, like, the, the threat to these animals is real and extreme, and we have to do something about it. It's not good enough to just photograph them and get them published. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she, she has a huge Instagram following. She's a National Geographic photographer. She gets a lot of commercial work, et cetera. So she's doing the work to pay the bills. She's doing the work to have a point of view. And she's out there, like, advocating for these things. It's really, 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 really heartwarming to see her out there in the field. Totally. Um, and the panda, I feel like the panda photos especially made the rounds. And oh, yeah. the, my favorite one was like a behind the scenes where people are dressed like in panda outfits, you know, <laughs> she loves that. and able to, to be able to be interacting with the pandas so that they don't freak out. And yeah, those photos are fun. Yeah, it's She's weird. amazing. I haven't seen any other conservation efforts where the conservationists are dressing up as the animals. Right. I yes, wonder if that's, that's something specific to like yeah. pandas. I, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Like you don't see people dressed up as leopards. No. That, I mean, that'd be fun. But could you be, don't. Maybe it could be a thing. It could be a thing. could be a thing. <laughs> could be a thing for some people. Uh, another, we were talking about water and another photographer that it that is actually a photo shelter member. And he, he got on my radar when I was working with you guys is photojournalist Greg Kahn. Um, he has a series called Three Millimeters. And when he moved to the D.C. area, he found this like 30-page PDF that was put out by the Maryland Department of Natural Resources that was saying that the sea level was rising three millimeters 
um, every year. And this was this is obviously affecting the towns on the coast. Um, and his photos of the area are just so striking. He's like he's very artistic in his approach. Um, he has photos of everything from like flooded roads to overgrown cemetery grounds and aerial shots of the coastline to the people that live in these places, flooded churches. It's just like a really striking series that it's like a macro shot of a very specific place that's being affected by climate change. Greg's a good dude. He's a part of a collective called Grain Images. Yes, he works yes. with his wife. Um, and yeah, the work is is fantastic. It's really, so good. Really nice work. And that area is really interesting because, you know, it's like Maryland, Virginia. People don't necessarily think of climate change affecting those areas. But when you get out into the coastal areas and down into the Carolinas, like that whole region is like really, really compromised. Totally. Um, from climate change and sea level rise. Yep. I do work every year with um, the Summit Workshop series. So I go out to Jackson, Wyoming in September uh, for a one-week nature workshop. And a bunch of friends that I met there over the years, um, Michael Forsberg, uh, David Showalter, Morgan Heim, and Melissa Grew are these fantastic photographers. And I want to bring them up because they do, you know, we brought up some very obvious uh, examples, um, water being huge, sea level rise being huge, um, pandas, you know, these big, <laughs> these big animals or cuddly animals that people really, really think about. Mm -hmm. And for example, Michael Forsberg works in Nebraska in what is typically known as flyover country. Mm. And he has a whole project called the Platte River uh, Basin Time Lapse Project where they've set up in that watershed a bunch of remote cameras. To kind of just look at what's happening, because, you know, back to your point about water, like, how does water in these areas change just regularly, seasonally? Mm -hmm. How are they affected by droughts? And, and what's happening in a very longitudinal way? So they've had these cameras out there for years, and they're just really kind of studying this. And they're trying to figure out a way to use the visuals to help impact policy. Mm. So rather than just saying kind of in the abstract, Oh, we're threatened. You know, the water supply is threatened. You can say, okay, you see how this riverbed's been dry for four years in a row? Like wow. now we have the visual proof. Wow. David Showalter is out there photographing the sage grouse, which is this kind of like turkey looking animal that you probably don't think about. Never heard of it. Yeah. But it's one of these animals that's, that's, you know, so important to the grassland area. And it's a real marker for what's going on. Morgan Heim is doing a, a, a film about butterflies um, and was a big advocate for uh, talking about the National Butterfly Center, which is on the border of Texas and Mexico that, that is, has been impacted by the building of the wall and how they basically built a wall right through that sanctuary. Oh, yeah. I was just reading about yeah. that. Yeah. And so there's like all of this stuff going on in terms of conservation um, and Earth Day and environmental um, protection uh, that is not as high profile but clearly are markers for what's going on in the larger ecosystem. And, and they deserve to be seen. And I'm glad to see that, that social media helps amplify some of these messages. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, I feel like we can't talk about Earth photos without talking about um, Sebastio Salgado, mm. right? And his mammoth of a book, Genesis, that's which a, came out in 2013. Yeah. But uh, that's, you're nodding your head now. I'm like, you liked it, right? That book? You know, he... 
Salgado is a very he's a very well respected photographer. Yeah. He's a very distinct black and white yeah. style. Yes. Um it's not everyone's cup of tea. Right. But you know, in reading interviews with the guy, you know, I think I think he's a very thoughtful, intelligent person. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are we... No comment on the photos. Are we getting... Oh, okay. What's your take on the photos? No, the... Oh, I, I mean, I, I think some of the photos are beautiful. I yeah. think some of them are edited to a point where it almost feels too fake. Um, yeah. Right? Well, right? you know, you, you got to understand, like, guys like Salgado, they have, like, a team of people behind them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he'll go out in the field, okay. he'll take the photos, they'll dump the cards, and then there's like a look. There's like, this is how we process the photos. This is, you know, the level. Like, it's, he's a very high contrast black and white photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, for our listeners that don't know or haven't checked out Genesis, the book, which made like every 2013 best photo um, book list on the interwebs. Um, basically, Salgado went and photographed all the places in the world that have not yet been ruined by humans um, because he really wanted to focus on something positive that was going on in the world after having done some very intense project about migration um, in the years past. He was like, I need a break. I want to look at some beautiful things. I'm going to go out into the world and document places that have just like not been touched. And so, I mean... You know, that's important documentation right there. Black and white, color, whatever, you know, even though his style isn't everyone's style, I'm glad that he, you know, I'm glad he did it. I I will say a guy like Salgado, I I respect guys like Salgado because they have been doing their thing for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that they have a real point of view. And I don't think he's like a, he's not trying to find like commercial success in the way that like the Instagram influencer generation is doing it. Mm -mm. You can always rail upon an older generation being sort of out of touch with uh, the morals and the social norms and mores of current time. And I think we've seen that with some of these older photographers. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's completely fair to hang that over his head because I think the work is important, and I think yeah. he's a he's a good dude and he's yeah. a smart dude. And he was like a he was yeah. like an academic before he became yep. a yep, photographer, right? right? Mm-hmm. Do you think photography can really change perceptions and can can change policy and, and whatnot? Like, is there a point to all of these photographers going out there and being <laughs> advocates for these causes? Or is it just like, okay, well, now I followed them and I liked it on Instagram? Yeah, right. Yes, uh, I do think that their work is well worth the time. Do I think it's going to reach as many people as, for example, like the new Netflix series that just came out that is all about how our planet is changing? Maybe, probably not. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing series. Have you watched it? I've watched a little bit of the first episode. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. But but like it popped up on my feed and I'm like, cool, th- this is going to cha- hopefully change some people's minds about just... Well, you know, the Netflix series, I believe it's called One Planet. Okay. Um, is sort of a continuation or in the style of a BBC uh, nature series that has gone through a couple iterations. And, you know, the, the first time they did it in HD, everyone's like, wow. And then they went out right. and they built more stuff and they did it in like, you know, UHD, 4K. And the, the one thing I'll say about those shows, you know, they're heavily edited. So like you're seeing a cha- gazelle's being chased and you don't know how they're editing different 
clips different days together. So there's that sort of criticism where it's not as real. Mm -hmm. But I will say, like, the footage that they get now, I, I can't even understand the technology and also the patience. Yeah. Because you read about some of these guys who are like, oh, yeah, I lived on that Ar- Antarctica for, like, three months to photograph this emperor penguin. Right, that one time. Colony. Yeah, that, like, one time. The one time they came out. <laughs> and it's not, you know, in, in fairness, it's not only these videographers that are doing it. There are obviously photographers shooting these environmental things that go out there in a, in a way that's, seems insane to most people mm-hmm. um, getting these photos but we are kind of a we are very attuned to motion yeah in a lot of cases yeah. and I think particularly with wildlife you kind of like the motion does a better justification I agree but just you know does more justice than a still photo can yeah in a lot of cases totally totally I agree which is why I'm glad that Netflix put this out well, so I hope that these photographers continue doing what they're doing because I, I do agree with you that I, I think the photos will have an impact. Can a single photo change kind of the course of history? No, but I think that there's an additive effect of having the photos, having written journalism, having the Netflix series come out and pile on and, and help people understand kind of the totality of environment and climate and what the earth means to us as people yeah absolutely so photographers keep doing your thing do your thing keep documenting that climate change and the earth and how beautiful it is happy earth day as well yeah happy earth day photo shelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools archive distribute and sell your photos in a mobile friendly responsive website try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.